What is the process of defending a matter at the CCMA or a bargaining council? And what can employers expect to happen? This is Stuff Employers Should Know. Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know. Proudly brought to you by LabourNet, management's ultimate HR solution. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Barry Gordon-Davis, and there's Yasser Yaslak at Ismail on the buttons as usual. And this is Stuff Employers Should Know. Uh, today, I am joined by Jean-Andre Mulder. Uh, the guy with the huskiest voice in the business. Okay, so this is where I, where I don't speak in a high voice. Now. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you speak just as you usually would, my man. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the invite. So probably one of the biggest fears of employers is, and as they colloquially refer to it as, is being taken to the CCMA or Bargaining Council. Now, in assisting clients with uh, labor law-related matters, they always ask or, or, or say to me that they want to ensure that they don't get taken to the CCMA. Now, we know that this is an impossible request as there's nothing that can be done by employers to prevent or restrict an employee or ex-employee from exercising their right to refer a dispute against their employer or to a relative uh, or relevant forum. So in ensuring that employers are fair in all their employment practices and won't be found wanting at the CCMA is probably the main purpose of this podcast, Stuff Employers Should Know. So in today's episode, uh, you and I are going to take listeners through the dispute resolution processes so that they know what to expect should they have a dispute referred against them at the CCMA, specifically for unfair labor practices or for a normal unfair dismissal dispute matter. So firstly, uh, when we speak about the CCMA for dispute uh, resolution resolution, uh, purposes, basically we're speaking the same about a bargaining council should the employer fall under it, am I correct? Yes, yeah. So the process is exactly the same. Um, depending on the collective agreements, the the number of the rule might differ, differ in the collective or the um, bargaining council agreement. But other than that, the procedure is exactly the same. It's just, um, and I think you might have dealt with this in your podcast before, um, it's just um, industries, certain industries need to, to um, approach a certain bargaining council. But 100%, 100%. So, um Going forward for today's podcast, when we refer to the CCMA and processes at the CCMA, we're going to be referring to the exact same processes that we use at the at, at the bargaining council. So let's start off with where a dispute is formed. Um, let's say an employee has a dispute about an unfair labor practice that they're claiming or alleged unfair labor practice, we could call it, or a alleged unfair dismissal. What are their timeframes of referring a dispute to the CCMA? All right. So with a dismissal, you have 30 days. And with the unfair labor practice, it would be 90 days. Okay. And that 30 days is from when? From the date of um, when I got dismissed or when I became aware of the unfair labor practice. 100%. Cool. So um, now when that uh, the person or the employee or ex-employee now feels that they have been unfairly treated or unfairly dismissed, what is the first step in them referring a dispute? How do they refer a dispute to the CCMA? All right, so it all kicks off with a 7-Eleven document. In the 7-Eleven document, there would be various checkboxes for the employee to fill in. Um, so you will then mark unfair labor practice. The nature of the dispute. Yeah, yeah. basically. Let's go with misconduct. Then um, you will also say if it's substantive or procedurally unfair. Um, and this is just basically a notification of him referring the dispute and that it's placing something in dispute at the CCMA. And 
what needs to happen then is that they need to serve that on the employer and also prove um, that they have served the, the employer with that notice. Yes, and it's usually at that point in time that we get informed by clients because they will receive the 7-Eleven document. It's referring a dispute to the CCMA. And probably one of the biggest questions that always gets asked by the employers is then, what do we do at that point in time? Yeah. Do we have to respond with a responding affidavit or do we have to provide heads of argument? Uh, whereas, it's, as you say, just a referral. It's not actually a pleadings of sort. Yeah, you don't have to respond to that at all. And I know sometimes, I, I, and I can understand it, a lot of the times there's a lot of allegations made in these 7-Eleven documents. And yeah. then they say, well, I need to put my version record. You don't have to. You'll get your opportunity to do so within your course. So the employer at that point in time, effectively, there's nothing for them to do. Nothing to do. Um, they receive this notice. They, no, they, they will acknowledge um, if it's, let's say, done um, ha- by hand. Uh, but there's also other methods uh, that are being used at the moment of serving on the employer. Yeah, yeah, there's various methods. Um, I personally like email. I remember years ago we all worked through uh, fax machines. Yeah, and uh, you had CCMA to wait rules for still that. say fax. I'm like, who owns a fax machine yeah. to, the, to these days? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yes. Um, Very, anyway, as long as you can prove that it has been served on the employer. Um, and you can then prove that it has been served on the employer to the CCMA. They will say that it then has been correctly served. The employer then sits around and waits for a set-down date. Yes. Now, when it comes to set-down dates, what are the time frames of, of notification from when your matter is going to be heard or uh, from receiving the notice from the CCMA? So subject to certain exclusions, the normal time frame, especially with dismissals, is 14 days. Um, but say, for instance, a... Um, notification was sent to one of the parties via registered post. You had on another seven days, then it's 21 days. Just to facilitate for that um, seven days, we know how the post office are some days. So just to facilitate for that. Um, and then you get certain um, instances like uh, where there's only seven days needed um, with like Section 64 and Okay. Um, yeah, but, but for unfair labor practice and unfair days. dismissal, 14 days, that would be for a when the matter is set down as a con op. Yeah. Correct. If the matter is set down for arbitration, it would be then 21 uh, uh, days that they get, that they, they'd be notified. Yeah. So that 14 days for con op. Now, we're talking about processes that the CCMA uh, uses to try and resolve the dispute. We talk about conciliation and arbitration. I mean, it's in their name. Mm. Um. What is the difference between conciliation that that happens prior to arbitration and what is the purposes of either? All right. So conciliation is just a rounded table talk with both parties to see whether or not um, the parties can settle. This is without prejudice. You're not allowed to record the proceedings. You don't need to attend there with a a bunch of witnesses and evidence. The commissioner will say, I'm not going to go into the merits. Yeah. So, Um, yeah, conciliation, purely that, just trying to settle the dispute. And I like what you said. You don't have to go there with bundles and bundles of evidence. And I think that's probably one of the biggest sources of um, unhappiness from, from uh, I'd say, call it respondents mm. uh, that go, or even applicants for that matter, when they get into a conciliation. Definitely. They, they, they feel that the CCMA is being biased because doesn't want to hear the matter, doesn't want to hear the, 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 the evidence. They, they're trying to present evidence and the commissioners basically say no. And that's purely because at conciliation phase, they, they, they're not concerning themselves with the merits. Am I correct? Yeah. And it's without prejudice. If you, even if you want to lie, I'm not saying that you should lie, but <laughs> it won't be held against you. Yeah. So what gets um, done in, in conciliation can't be used in further processes. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, so now the matter is set down for con op, which means that there's now another process. Let's talk about arbitration. What's, how is arbitration different to conciliation then? So arbitration is, is the big ball game. Yeah. That's where you pitch up with your witnesses and evidence. Basically, the commissioner will consider the substantive or procedural fairness or both um, of the dismissal. Um, and then he will consider the version of both parties and make a um, award accordingly. Um, and then after 14 days, he will provide the parties with that. And then they can take it from there. there. So that's where stuff gets real. They switch on the, the recorder. Everything yeah. is now um, uh, uh, held with prejudice and the like. Yeah, so, stuff gets real. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 where they've the, the commissioner then ultimately has the powers to then grant an award in that matter. Okay, yes. so we speak about these two processes. And as I said, uh, we can get a set down where both of them can occur on the same day by the same commissioner, which is referred to as con-ob. So mm. con-ob, go in there, conciliation, then straight after that, arbitration. Is that a choice by the parties? Yeah. So basically, when I'm the applicant, I can just fill in the 7-Eleven automatically when I refer the matter, and there's a checkbox for um, objecting to con-ob. Um, alternatively, when um, an employer receives a set-down for con-ob, they can just object to that um, in writing and send it to both parties. Okay. So again, the, the respondent can... Object, yes, uh, by in writing, and then they have to serve it the same way as you said. Yeah. Serve it on the other party, then send proof to the CCMA, and they can basically say, "I object." Uh, do they have to give a reason for their objection? No, it's basically just formality. So, usually, I think the rationale behind employees doing so is just to afford more time for preparation. Maybe yes. I need to get a witness. Maybe I need to sort out my bundles. But yeah, and I think as well, a lot of times we we know um, doing this that as we said. The, the referral document is not pleadings. Mm. So you don't necessarily know the exact details of what the claim is until you actually then get into these conciliatory True. or even pre-arbitrary um, uh, processes. So I suppose it helps with that. Um, so now if the processes are separated, we, we separate, we've objected to the, the, the matter being um, uh, conciliation and arbitration immediately after each other. So the matter is then only set down for conciliation um, other party has objected. What you know, we then get to the the CCMA. What are the what are the outcomes of a conciliation effectively? So by, basically, you either going to settle or you're not going to settle. Um, if you settle, there will be a settlement agreement. Um, if you don't, then there uh, would be a certificate issued. Okay. Now that certificate would also be used then by the applicant um, in conjunction with the seven thirteen form then they must apply for arbitration using that certificate. Okay, so what that means is, is that the matter is not automatically then, if, if there's a failure to settle the matter at conciliation, it doesn't automatically then end up at arbitration. The applicant has to then go and re-refer, and when I say re-refer, they have to then refer the matter to arbitration. How long do they have? After 90 days. So within 90 days, they have to then refer the matter to arbitration, and then the matter will set, be set down just purely for arbitration. Yeah. Um, just when it comes to arbitration, does that mean that uh, you know at that point in time, does the uh, employer getting into arbitration now? They have now their flag is pinned to the mast. They have to now go in and 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 fight this matter, or can the matter ever be rever reverted back to conciliation? More often than not, the commissioners tend to say, "Okay, can we just revert back to conciliation?" Um, and I see the rationale behind that as well. Um, 
it's quite possible that the applicant got another job in the interim, just wants a bit of remuneration. Um, so yeah, usually they do revert back to conciliation. Um, so and and I think that after um, the whole process, and you say, you know, thirty days, then ninety days, and waiting for a set down at the CCMA, a lot can change. Yeah. Uh, the parties might go and reevaluate their positions, and 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 that's probably why the commissioners always say, "Do you have any problem reverting back to conciliation?" Yeah. Witnesses can resign. Yeah, <laughs> you can dismiss witnesses and don't want to call them. Yeah, I suppose a lot can happen. Yeah, and then obviously it's the 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 last attempt at then trying to resolve the matter, and that's when they will then switch on that tape recorder, and the matter will then get get serious, as we yeah. say. Now, um, you said that fourteen days after the matter is concluded, the commission or the commissioner under the commission uh, goes and issues a award that is then binding on the parties. Now, what happens if a a party is unhappy with that award uh, would obviously generally be the person that the award's against. Yeah, yeah, no, hopefully. Um, so then the party can, can take it on the review. It's not an appeal. It's just a review to see um, if the Labour Court agrees with the decision of the arbitrator or the commissioner. Okay, so it's, where would they take it on review to? To, to the, the Labour Court. To the Labour Court. So you said something quite pertinent. It's not an appeal. Yeah. Um, so they don't go and say, I, I want to try again effectively. Mm. Uh, what, what, what does it mean when they say, okay, you can go and get it reviewed by the Labour Court? So basically, the Labour Court will, in essence, review the merits and see whether or not the Commissioner, um, they do agree with the decision of the Commissioner or not. Okay, 100%. And that's, that's before they actually, uh, so it's not heard again. Yeah. It's actually points on that, on that previous. Yeah, matter. it's not the no, it's just. Uh, and then, you know, just to, to stop the matter there, the process would then obviously then continue through the court system through, uh, um, after that, even if there's a party that's unhappy with the court, the labor court's decision. Yes. And they also have the recordings of the arbitration that they utilize in order to see so that it doesn't have to start afresh. A hundred percent. Okay. So that is effectively the, the process. So we spoke uh, through the process with a lot of time frames that are put in place, um, 30 days and 90 days and then 90 days from conciliation to arbitration and the like. Uh, what happens if a party, either respondent or the applicant, misses or, or, or is out of that time frame? So then they need to um, do a condemnation application. So it doesn't mean that they then don't have the ability and their, their ability to um, refer a dispute as then – you know they've lost that right no as a, but you have to show good reason of course um i mean in the condemnation i'm not going, going to go too deep into it but you'll have to show reasons why late how late you were um the prospect of success um so it's quite a few things and that's subject to the discretion of the commission and then whether you'll condone the late filing of any document in addition to that, some other questions that I want to ask would also be the, you know, what happens with parties arriving or not. But I have addressed that in a previous uh, podcast, specifically when an applicant or respondent fails to arrive at arbitration and what the CCMA will then deal with that. So I'm not going to go and reiterate it again in this podcast, and I'll put a link to that specific show um, in the description of this podcast. But um, that's effectively the, the, the basics and the overview of that dispute resolution process. Thank you very much, John Andre, for helping me take everybody through it. Oh, thank you so much for the invite. Please invite me again. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll get a coffee next time. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So that's it for another episode of uh, Stuff Employers Should Know. Get in touch as always on social media or drop us an email at seskatlebanet.com. 
And uh, yeah, so from Yasser that's going to go and get uh, Jean-Andre some coffee and myself, BGD, till next week. Stay safe and cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Staff Employers Should Know was proudly brought to you by LabourNet, management's ultimate HR solution. For more episodes from Staff Employers Should Know, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you play your favorite shows. Case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording.